while South Carolina's women's basketball team is heading to their eighth straight Sweet 16 tournament appearance. The question is, has America reached a tipping point in women's sports? Just this week at the NCAA Women's Swimming Championship, a biological male edged out his nearest female competitor by almost two seconds in a definitive blow to women's opportunity. The transgender movement and its allies are systematically pushing the destruction of 50 years of women's sports in America. On today's edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, we sit down with former USC and US National Swim Coach McGee Moody to discuss the importance of saving women's sports. Plus, it's time to take action. The South Carolina Senate Education Committee is taking up a bill to protect women's sports in South Carolina, and they need to hear from you. And welcome into a special edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast a day early. I'm Justin Hall. Mitch Prosser is over to my far left. And in the middle, we have Coach McGee Moody, former swim coach at the University of South Carolina. And really quickly, I'll give your accolades before, before we let you, before we let <laughs> you go be, here. It'll be quick. <laughs> 74 total All-America performers, 48 total All-SEC performers, had several make the Olympic trials out in Omaha. And, of course, a couple of Olympians as well that you coached at South Carolina. So, Coach, thanks for thanks for joining us to talk about saving women's sports because yep. the the pool is actually where a lot of the attention has been over the last couple of days. Yeah, you, you've seen it pop up uh, not only on social media but in the news, and it is getting a lot of attention. Um, in my mind, it's not necessarily positive attention because it, it's, it's a very controversial topic, um, but something that needs to be discussed and something that, that needs to be figured out really soon. And, 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 Coach, let's just start from the basics because I don't want to assume. I know Mitch doesn't. I don't want our folks at home to assume. So when it comes to swimming, mm-hmm. as that's, that's your sport, the difference between men and women in the pool, what men are going to be faster, women are going to be a bit slower than men. Why? Um, I mean, it's physiological. So, I mean, one, one of the things that I think uh, – we talked about this a little bit. One of the things that I think is, is important about s- sports like swimming and track is the variable of time. Uh, time is measurable. You know, you, you can't argue if one time is faster than another time. There's no debating who wins that race, right? So in, in our sport, time is indicative of power. It's indicative of um, speed, um, force applied on the water. These things are all measurable depending upon how fast you move through the water and cover the distance that you're trying to race. So to me, this is a really good sport to look at this debate of the biology of, of men and women. And is it fair? Because that's really the question that we're talking about here. Is it fair? Should biological men be racing against biological women? Um, and it, the answer is no. Um, the, the fastest male athlete uh, in the country is never going to get beat by the fastest female athlete in the country. It's just not going to happen. Time being that variable is going to show that every time. Um, and I, I use the example of, of Katie Ledecky, who is the fastest female swimmer. Everybody knows her from the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Multiple, multiple gold medals. She holds just about every world, world record from 200 all the way up to the 1500. Well, in, in short course race, racing, which is what we do in college, 25 yards, um, she holds the American record in the 1650 freestyle. Her time is 1503. The fastest American to ever cover that same distance, the fastest American male, to ever cover that same distance is almost one minute faster. The American record is 14.06, held by Bobby Fink, who Bobby was another Olympic gold medalist and, and had one of the greatest races in the history of swimming uh, back in, at the Olympics this past year. Um, but that that ground that that's almost that's over a hundred meter distance over a mile, and that's a huge amount of time to make up 
that you, it's just not going to happen. Um, does it mean that there aren't female athletes that can't compete with males? No. But when you look at where they stack up, the, the fastest female athletes will never compete with the fastest male athletes. It just, it physiologically, because of the, the, the genetic makeup of men, um, they, they have a, a lot denser muscle fiber, a lot more muscle production, higher testosterone, higher lung capacity, denser bone mass. Um, it's just they're structurally built different. Puberty for men takes them in a different direction um, than, than females do. Um, and and, and this, it's not really debatable. Like that's what is, is so stunning to me. It's like it is, it's evident. It's right there. Um, it's fact. So uh, it, it's very interesting to, to see uh, how this is playing out. But, yeah, I mean, USA Swimming is, is our sport's governing body. And they put forward time standards. As, as athletes age through uh, from ages 10 all the way up to 18, they put out these time standards. And they're, they're progressive time standards for athletes to shoot for to kind of make their, their progression through the sport. And at age 9 and 10 years old, Athletes are, the men and women are fairly equal. And in most cases, honestly, at 9 to 10 years old, the females are usually faster. You know, um, but then you start to see at age 12, the men's uh, time standards start to get faster than the women's. And then by age 14, they're significantly faster than the women's. Then by age 18, they're, they're in 100 freestyle. They're almost seven seconds difference from the women's standard wow. to the same standard on the men's side. Um, and, and so even our governing body, USA Swimming, recognizes the difference in the biology in male and females, and it's, it's shown right there in their time standards. They're, they're setting forth their own scientific evidence right there. Wow. So, Coach, as we talk about this, I, I love you were part of the press conference a couple of weeks ago at mm -hmm. the State House, and you gave a very compelling speech. I think it was one that moved a lot of people. But you made a statement in your speech before the entire uh, South Carolina General Assembly and, and our South Carolina State Legislature. You said that the 50 years that uh, since Title IX would be set back over 100 years, and as we now know, it's because of about – I'm just going to count it real quick. One, 1,000, two, 1,000. About a second and a half to two seconds. Mm -hmm. A second and a half to two seconds set back over 100 years of that 50 years time mm -hmm. period of Title IX. As you see it, how does that fit into the, into the landscape of sports as we know it? Uh, you know, I, I think there's, there's a physical component to these races, but... I think when we're talking about women's sport, there's a mental component to this too. What are we teaching our young ladies that enter these sports that they know going into it, I, I, can't, I can't win this. I, I, you know, and and yeah. we, had, we looked at this last weekend um, at the NCAA championships. You had a, a, a group of women that were stepping into this event knowing that they weren't close to the top seat. And that, you know, what does that do to your mindset? What, what does that do that when the deck is stacked against you before you, knowing that no matter how hard you work, you know, are you, you're probably not going to win this. And I, and I, I think it's extremely, extremely unfair to put them in that position. Um, athletes are athletes. They, they have a mental strength about them, but sometimes you can't overcome that. You know, when, when, when you see in front of you, especially like I said, with the variable of time, time doesn't lie. Um, when you see that in front of you, that's very, very hard to overcome. So right now, it's kind of a no novelty element with only one male being in the pool, one biological male being in the pool. The best you could do is second. Mm -hmm. A female could come in second. And we could say, oh, she's, you know, she came in first as far as the females go. Mm -hmm. 
I guess the question has to be asked, what happens when multiple males get in the pool? Well, and, and that's the fear. Uh, I, I think, you know, I, I think the, the, the worst case scenario would be that, that male athletes view it as a plan B. Uh, I think that's the worst case mm-hmm. scenario. I, I don't know that, I, I don't know. I don't know the extreme to which that goes. But, you know, depending on where they fall uh, in rankings for men, I, I don't know how that that I, I don't know how that works. You know, it's, it's something that, unfortunately, uh, unless some action is taken by the NCAA and by sport, sports governing bodies, um, we're going to see. You know, that's probably going to keep developing. But I, this is, it's a, there's an opportunity for the NCAA to step up and lead, and they're just not. Uh, th- their void in this situation speaks volumes. Mm. Um, and, and it's, you know, they, they claim to, to um, they claim to have all these leadership responsibilities, and they claim to have the student athletes' best interest at heart, and yet they're completely dropping the ball uh, in every leadership decision that's put in front of them. Wow. So. So, Coach, I have a two-part question here. Number one, from a, you, you mentioned the opportunity just from the jump appears to be taken away from young lady. I, I'm trying to imagine, uh, for example, in the middle of March Madness, you mm-hmm. go into a game, even the 16 seed has a chance to beat mm-hmm. the one in, in men's basketball and women's. We've seen it happen mm-hmm. before. Um, as a coach, I don't even you, – you've never been in that situation, but if you're in that spot, what do you say to your to your young athlete? Because you were the men's and women's swimming and diving coach. How – what would be your your talk to the to the young athlete knowing the situation that lays you know, before her? I, I think if it's me and and uh, and and it wasn't <laughs> fortunately <laughs> right. uh, I, I stepped away from coaching last March and and I, I seem to have timed it pretty well. <laughs> but if it was me, I would speak to the mind of of my female athlete. And I would be, I want you to go in and I want to be better. I want you to walk out of that pool better than when you stepped into it. Mm. It's it's you versus you right now. You're going to go race you. You're going to be the best you you can be today. And I, I try to I try to take that variable out of that race. Sure. I, I try to speak to her mind, to her heart, giving her the confidence that when she leaves that pool and that race, she's better than she was when she went in. Um, The other pieces may fall into place, and there's nothing we can do to control that. She has to go do what she's capable of doing to the best of her ability in that moment. And and then the the second part of that, as you look at the sport, you mentioned the NCAA has a void of leadership when it comes to this issue, and I won't get into the NCAA. I won't get (laughs) into the NCAA today. That's a different time. That's a different hat that I wear. But – when you when you look at the sport now, you might you might not know this answer obviously specifically, but a broad scope looking at the coaches around the country, how many of them do you feel share your viewpoint? Uh, it, it's not difficult. I think. Well, I'll I'll rewind to this past weekend. I, the one thing I wanted to see, and I was watching the NCAA championships, and I was watching with my youngest daughter. Uh, I have four daughters, so I have Mm. multiple platforms in which I have a vested interest in this. My youngest daughter is a diehard swimmer. She loves the sport. She already knows, um, you know, I'm sorry, South Carolina, but she already knows she wants to swim at Auburn. Uh, when, when she wants to go to Auburn, she wants to race in the SEC. She wants to be an Olympian. She has big goals. And I'm not going, to, as her father, to sit there and tell her she can't accomplish those That's goals, right. which is one reason why I'm so passionate about sure. this, because I'm not going to let this deck be stacked against her so it won't happen. Sure. So, you know, I, I think one of the things that we were watching, and I wanted to see the first five minutes of the broadcast, before the first race ever went off, because Rowdy Gaines, who's a close friend of mine, 
uh, I, he was he was in a very difficult spot because he was having to address an issue. He was having to talk about something that I know Rowdy Gaines has daughters, um, and I know he's passionate about. So the, in the first 30 seconds, Rowdy just came out and addressed it, and he said, I've spoke to 50-plus coaches this past week, and he said, they all have some level of problem with the fairness of this competition. Wow. And he said absolutely none of them would go on record. Wow. Um, and that was on the broadcast. You can go back and watch the first 30 seconds. And there, there is, a, uh, there, there is a, a mentality out there that this is not the topic to speak up on if you were a coach because I don't know what's going to happen if I do say something. Um, and so I think there has to be a voice here and, and we have to find, you know, not, not just, not just be critical of the situation, but we have to find solutions. Like sure. we have to offer up solutions as much as we criticize sure. the situation. So, you know, that's something else that, that, you know, goes through my head daily. I think so. <laughs> as, as we look at what's happening in the South Carolina state legislature to bring it a little bit closer home, we're taking a swing at this uh, in the South Carolina State Senate mm -hmm. and uh, Senator Hembree in the Education Committee. There, are, There's a large focus on this right now. What do you see is the big aspect and component to just not just K through 12, but also adding in those collegiate protections? You know, I think, one, I think... There, there are, there's H4608, which is a, a bill that's being represented that, that does not allow biological males to compete against biological females. Uh, and then there's bills being introduced everywhere that some include just high school, some include just collegiate. I think we have to, we have to look at this top to bottom because uh, it, it's not specific to one age group. It, it, it is, like I said, after about age 10, uh, the, the, the distance never, that, that gap never shrinks, mm -hmm. right? Like it, it's always going to be there. So I, I think, um, I think we, we have to uh, learn as much as we can about the situation. But I think in order for this to move forward, I think we've got to, we have to be willing to provide solutions. Okay, so we, we get it. This is not fair. Now what? And, and talk about, okay, so what's next? Do we, you know, I, I, think, I, I think there's a huge value in athletics. There's a huge value in sports. I think there is a, there's a obvious, obviously a, 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 fin, a physical fitness aspect to it, a health phys, uh, aspect to it. There's a mental aspect to it. And, and I think, so you know, I, I'm a coach. I want everybody to be able to do that. I think there's value in that. How do we provide, uh, we, we provide opportunities while maintaining that our female athletes have to be able to compete on a level playing field. They have to be treated fairly. They have to be allowed to compete against other biological females. That is what competition is about. So um, to me, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of things, but we, we got to come up with some answers. And we have to do it yeah. quick because, like I said, the leadership that we rely on, the NCAA, they're not doing it. They're, mm, they're not right doing yeah. it. And so we've, we've got to we gotta have people that will, will, will step into that space um, and, and talk about what's going to be the answer. The NCAA has left a void that, um, you know, the high school league here in South Carolina has tried to make some points. It, it's, it's up to the folks who are watching and who are listening to make sure their voice is heard, mm -hmm. as we saw at the State House a couple weeks ago. It's important to make sure that your senators and representatives know where you stand on the issue and where you want them to stand on the issue. And then we want to see uh, some legislation passed, by the way, S-531. Yeah. is being heard in the Senate Education Committee. Uh, on Wednesday morning, so make sure that you follow that, and we'll keep you updated on all of that stuff. And I believe with S five thirty one, that's that's middle school and high school, correct? Because one of the amendments that that I I, I really wanted to see was yeah. to 
in, include the college athletics inside of that. Right. I think that's important because, like I said, yeah, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't change. It's not it's not this is yeah. not determined at age eighteen. Everything's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was when I was at the hearing uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, one of the things that I, I pointed out was we talked about Katie Ledecky. So Katie Ledecky, if you take her fastest, her American record time, um, if and if you compare her to who's 24 years old, I think t- maybe 25, um, if you compare her just to 18 and under males, then she's still not in, she's barely in the top 50. So we have to make sure that um, that comparison, when you look at that, she's the fastest, that's just 18 and under. That's not even... That's not even her age. Her age, you know, if you take college males and add those in there, she's not in the top 100, and so it just goes wow. to reinforce that that there we have to have something right. done here. We have to we have to act on this. So S five thirty one, the bill that will be heard Wednesday, does have the yeah. collegiate protections were okay. added to that bill. Okay. Thankfully, because K through twelve is one thing, but as you said, ten plus when those hormonal levels start to kick in, we're seeing that over and over again. Whether they're hormone suppressants, whatever, college protections need to be added into this. So we've got we've got to protect women's sports, but it's as you said, more than just women's sports. And I don't want to minimize the importance of sports. I was an athlete, believe it or not, in <laughs> high school, uh, and and uh, I think there's another component here, and that's the opportunity that's created not just by sport, but the discipline from the sport. So what do we tell these girls? What do you, I know you've already spoken to your athlete who's in that race. What do we tell girls? What do you tell your daughters as they look at the landscape that is our current environment? What do you tell them if things continue to be the same? I tell them their dad's going to do whatever he can do. Yeah. That's what I tell them. I tell them that, that I'm, I'm for them. Like I'm, yeah. I'm their father, and I'm going to fight tooth and nail to give them fairness. Like that's that's my job. That's my job as their dad. So that's what I'm going to tell them. Uh, I'm going to tell them you go out there and you do the best you can do, and I'm going to fight with everything I got yeah. on the side to make sure you get a fair shot at it. And that's the fight that we need from every South Carolinian when it comes to this issue. We need parents. We need teachers. We need coaches stepping up to the plate, to use another sports <laughs> euphemism. We need everyone who's listening to this podcast. We need you to be reaching out to your state senator, whether they're on the education committee or not. We need you reaching out to those members and your senator to make sure that they hear your voice because your voice, your voice your voice matters, and we need people speaking into this void right now that's been created by the NCAA, by those that are a little more timid and shy to speak to the issue. We have got to speak into this issue, not just for the women of today, but for the opportunities of the women tomorrow. Sure. It's a very big deal. And women's sports, again, we have to find solutions. There, there are going to be solutions brought to the table, and they need to be. Uh, we need to figure out the ways that we can make this all work and and the way that we can value women's sports and and value these athletes and make sure that everyone is able to compete in athletics because being a part of a team is important that's right uh for for every level of your of your life without question and and we and we love women's sports i mean the the women's basketball tournament has some of the highest viewing right now Mm -hmm. it might have something to do with that record-setting gamecock team but that's not (laughs) neither here nor there um but coach i appreciate you First of all, stepping out, obviously not at the university anymore, not coaching there anymore, but stepping out from, from your position of your years of experience in the, in the sport and in the sporting world, being able to 
take it upon yourself to step out and be a voice uh, from that side. Because I think it's important that we hear from coaches because, like you said, 50 of them didn't want to go on record. Uh, I think that proves that this is a widely held stance within the sport. It's just not very kosher at this moment maybe to say. And fear of getting canceled might have something to do with that. Uh, But, Coach, we really appreciate you stepping up and and coming on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast with us today to talk about it. I I appreciate the invitation. And, um, you know, I – I welcome all the conversation from, from both sides. I think that's how solutions are made. You know, that, that's where we come from. You, you know, if you got ideas, bring them to the table. Let's discuss right. them. Let's figure out what's going to make this work because um, a, a, a generation of, of female athletes kind of hangs in the balance right now. Our, as our president, Dave Wilson, often says, the free exchange, the marketplace of ideas is where good solutions, uh, we find those good solutions to the problems that we have. So I'm totally with you there. Yeah, compromise makes the best legislation, as, as someone else has also said before, too. I'll, I, I, won't, I won't credit that source. It might have been Dave. But, uh, Coach, we appreciate you joining us. And, of course, you can learn more about this issue by going to our website, www.palmettofamily.org. Download the Palmetto Family Council app. On the app, you can get connected with your senator, with your representative, to reach out to them to talk about these different pieces of legislation and what's important to you. Because if you don't know who they are, they don't know who you are. Make sure they know who you are, especially on an issue as important and as well, as important as this. It has to be. It has to be spoken to over and over and over again. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will see you on Friday here on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. <laughs>